Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How is it going? Okay, for those of you that are listening to this in real time, you've got Halloween coming up in a few days. So I hope you have some some spooky, scary things planned for guests who might show up at your door or maybe you're going to a fun party. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, (laughs) but hopefully I'll make it interesting. All right, today we're going to talk about remote work and specifically how to navigate that. We're going to look at it from both sides. So if you are someone who is working remote and you are being managed or you are managing other people who may be also remote or who may be in the office, or if you're the boss and you're in the office, but you've got a dispersed workforce or maybe some sort of blend of of hybrid and work from home and, you know, in person and all of that. And I'm going to be, I've talked about this before on the podcast and I have some other guests lined up to talk about some of the other aspects of this because I think this is such a timely topic. Yes, we've for the most part gone back to work if we're going to. Having said that, I'm still dealing with a lot of clients who are uncertain about, you know, when they look at job descriptions, does it mean that work from home is an option. I've got clients who very clearly know they don't want to work from home. They want either a hybrid or an in-person arrangement. There are the emotional and mental aspects of work from home, which I'm going to for sure cover with another guest. But today we really, again, want to talk about navigating your career in the face of this sort of, I call it the new world order. And my guest today is Marcel Yeager. Uh, I was so excited to have her reach out to me and to learn what her sort of area of expertise is. So Marcel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here with you. And Marcel is coming to us from from far, far away, and she's going to tell you all about that in, in just a moment. We were just discussing the fact that as we recorded this, it's the beginning of my workday and the end of hers. I like her setup better than mine, quite frankly. <laughs> but Marcel, why don't you start by telling the folks about you? Sure. So, so don't forget that piece. I am in Lithuania, so I am seven hours ahead and ending my day here. And the reason we're here is that my husband works for the State Department. So we move around with our family every few years. And that is what prompted me to start my business career valet over 10 years ago now. And what we do is help mostly mid to executive level professionals reshape their career narratives to get them into a more fulfilling job and a job that they love and can stay in for some time. And before that, I was working in the U.S. in strategic communications in various places in a consulting firm. 
as well as for the federal government, and then back to a consulting firm. And yeah, so that's a bit about my background. And I'm very passionate about, as you said, this new world of work and how things are changing and how remote work is impacting our lives every day now. Yeah, and it's impacting also the expectation because employees no longer can, employers can no longer lie to us and tell us that we have to have our bottom in a seat in an office to do our job. In many cases, that lie has been exposed. And employees, if they've been doing this work for some period of years in their career, they know whether they need to be in an office or not. And I think by now with what has happened with COVID, they know whether they prefer to be in an office or in person or in a a hybrid arrangement. And so I'm finding it fascinating to see which companies, because I have said from the beginning of COVID that the companies that have adapted and figured out that it doesn't have to look a certain way to have the productivity that you want. They're going to be at the head of the line when it comes to getting the best employees. And the ones that dig their heels in and, and without reason and say, you must be back in an office, they're going to lose employees in mass. And that's what we're seeing happen. So I think it's been a fascinating sort of study to look at from a distance. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I, what's stunning to me is that, I mean, the whole reason I started this business was to be able to take it with me and work, you know, portably, remotely from anywhere. And that's been possible, you know, for over a decade now. And there's lots of people who've been working this way for a long time. And so for people that think it's something brand new or scary Mm -hmm. is shocking to me that employers didn't realize this was the direction things were going anyway. It just kind of got sped up in the past few years, naturally, with the course of events. But I agree as well. And I see a lot of job postings, I'm sure you do as well, Lisa, that are big companies posting for positions where you're saying, why do I keep seeing the same positions being posted again (laughs) and again? And I'm like, oh, it must be because it says you must be in this location and it is not remote eligible. And I think to myself, well, good luck finding great people because that's not how it works anymore, right? We're seeing that people are, you know, there was the old, like, you know, people are fitting now their life around work instead of fitting and, you know, work around life. They're trying to make things happen in the way they want and what's most convenient for them. Well, I think, too, I was just thinking as you were talking about cities like New York City that are very high cost of living. And there was obviously a lot of employees living in and around New York City. And there was this massive exodus as COVID happened and people weren't going into the city to work. They they didn't want to incur and some of them weren't employed at all. So they moved back home, moved to a lower cost of living area. And I'd be curious to know what's going on in New York City now for those companies that are saying you have to come into the office if people are willing to return there now i think it's an it's just an interesting study right on the there's the macro level but then there's also these little micro levels of what's going on in san francisco what's going on in new york city or chicago and in some of those higher cost of living areas it's a great question and that reminds me actually there were some clients who were talking about having moved out of cities like New York and and San Francisco in particular. And 
you know, during the pandemic and then deciding, well, now, you know, there was a point where real estate had <laughs> bit <laughs> decreased, right? Prices had decreased and they were thinking, oh, maybe it's a good time to go back, right? Because I can get back into the city for a good price in essence. And I'm seeing that while that's changing again, right? And prices have obviously gone up a lot for various reasons. I am seeing a lot of people that are staying out and just saying, no, this is, you know, this is where I want to work. And some companies have been flexible in offering a similar salary to what people would get in those big cities if they want to be located somewhere else where the cost of living is cheaper or family lives. So I am seeing a lot more flexibility on that end, which is positive. I just hope it continues and that more companies get on that train. Yeah, I can only imagine that some folks from New York City said, well, let me think about this. I can live in a 400 square foot box on the 79th floor, or I can live in this single family home with a yard and a garage and I don't know, whatever else, and neighbors and all of those things. I can see how it would be very difficult to get them to come back in the in the office. Yes. And I have I have two questions for you and and then we'll get into our, our topic. Number one, tell us where Lithuania is, because I only have a vague idea. And number two, briefly, what does the State Department do? Great questions. So Lithuania is located in what's called the Baltic region. So it's south of Latvia and Estonia. And it's sort of, I mean, it's, in essence, it's Eastern Europe. And we're pretty far north. So we have very long winters and dark winters, (laughs) but it is part of the European Union and NATO as well, which is great uh, given current world events because we are not very far from Ukraine and Belarus where there's conflict as we speak. So that's what we're, that's where we are. And then the State Department is basically the arm of the government that deals with diplomacy and foreign relations between countries. And he's part of the Foreign Service, which is exactly what they do. So it's sort of like, you know, in the military where people move quite often, whether it's within the U.S. or even overseas, sometimes we're posted at U.S. embassies abroad where he's working with, you know, locals and trying to help with business issues and political reporting and things like that. Interesting. Interesting. So you've got to travel all over the world. And and so this remote concept is has been in your life for a number of years. And I'm wondering what are what are some tips that you would give or, or suggestions on how you navigate your career trajectory and, and how do you manage a team when you've got some folks who are in office? remote hybrid arrangements you may be in any of those arrangements as well what are what are some things to help navigate all of that yeah it is a challenge and i think a lot of people and i'm hearing from clients that are finding it to be a, a big challenge you know first of all you might have a time difference which is hard <laughs> yeah. for me and and the folks on my team are all spread out that can be hard but i think that the first thing to do do is to be prepared. And then I'll go into four other areas that I think you have to be aware of regarding communication. But the I was just speaking with someone this week about that, where it was like, okay, if you want to work from this other location, then you need to know what 
if you know if it's within the US there's less in terms of tax and legal issues right wherever you are right have a plan so if you are in a different time zone if you're going to California from New York right you want to make sure they know you're willing to work a certain number of hours overlap for example so that you're still a part of the team and going to be responsive but i think that's the first thing if you are thinking about trying to go remote and you know work from from where you are but in terms of communication that's what i find is the biggest problem and it's something that we've worked hard with in our company even to do and something we talk a lot to clients about and there you know there's four things i think that are most important as i said one is to be as responsive as possible to emails to requests and when i say that you know it's i mean we all know right there's people who you might write to and you never hear anything back or it takes days <laughs> to hear something back and you know they're checking their email because we're all glued to <laughs> our devices right and to me if unless you're on leave or you know you've had appointments or known to be out you really should try to respond within 24 hours unless of course there's an emergency but then you should even try and just send a quick note and i mean to me that means even something that doesn't necessarily require a full you know answer you might just want to say thanks for that or you know thanks for letting me know mm-hmm. i think acknowledging someone else's communication to you is very important if it's a text message or an email or a phone call and you respond in one of those other ways it's important just to acknowledge it and that really helps with trust the second thing i would say is to have very clear and achievable goals and that applies whether you're an individual contributor or a manager of direct reports because everyone's got a boss somewhere right yeah so it can be very easy i think remotely to just keep going and you know you do your tasks you get your list done and it's the end of the day and more come up later and you just keep going but i think you have to be very intentional about setting up what those goals are you know the time frame in which you're going to complete them and then the third thing i come to here with the communication is to actually schedule regular reviews of the goals mm-hmm. maybe every 3 months every 6 i would say 3 is probably better especially until you really know the people you're working with and sort of keep that on track keep your boss or colleagues on track if you're managing people it should be the same thing right help them set up those goals meet with them regularly and check in otherwise people feel kind of a flow right mm-hmm. and that they're not tied to something or working towards something and those results and and the, helping with their career trajectory as you said and i do think the fourth point here i wanted to bring up was that i think social events are still super important right because so many yeah. people now get jobs and don't meet people you know in a social setting and it might not be possible if you all live in different geographic locations but i think it's important to get together and I don't play games or ask, you know, those table cards that have cocktail questions on them and mm-hmm. get to know people, right? And just talk because that builds trust and empathy as well, which are so important today. 
Yeah, not only those group get-togethers, but I think scheduling time without a, a you know an agenda, quote unquote, but just to meet and get to know your coworkers. Hey, let's do a virtual coffee, and I I want to know everything. I heard you were you know an avid swimmer. I want to hear everything about it. Right, that kind of thing, which is what would happen organically around the water cooler or in the break room, but we have to make we have to make more effort to have that kind of conversation virtually. I agree. And I just heard this on a podcast the other day that I think it was the CEO of GitLab was saying that there are these coffee chats and anyone can ask anyone in the company to participate in one and invite them. Just exactly what you said, right? Just have a conversation, no agenda, just talk. And that's something I think that gets lost too often. I love that idea. So for those of you listening that are in HR or running your own company, small or large, whatever size it is, I think creating an infrastructure where these coffee chats are kind of built into the culture. So where I don't have to feel weird or awkward about asking people to do this because I'm expected to do it. It's part of it's it's a given. And I just have to, you know. The system is already there. The infrastructure is there for me to do that, whatever that might look like at your company. I think that's a fantastic idea. I loved it. And I think he says it works very well and they've been remote for a long time. So I'm sure it's a good idea for any company. And and what Marcel and I were talking about is that these companies that... (laughs) That don't get this, that think your, you know, your bottom has to be in the seat back the way it was in 2017 or whatever, they're going to be at the back of the line and getting the top talent. And and so having these systems and strategies and being open to we want you because you're the best candidate, and then let's figure out what work arrangement makes the most sense based on you, the company, and the job that you're being asked to do. I think those are the ones who get to go to the front of the line and get the best best employees. So let's talk about if you are the remote worker. So here you are sitting in your, you know, it's at your dining room table or you're in, maybe you have a home office now. Some things that you can do to set yourself up for success in terms of getting noticed, in terms of being considered for prime projects and assignments and promotions. What are some things that 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 you can do? Again, back to communication, I think one of the most important things you can do is to understand from the beginning of working with somebody what their preference is for communication. So it's almost like you're trying to really know the people you're working with from the beginning, right? And what they prefer, because that way they're going to think favorably of you if you've listened to them and understand how they work best. And then you're responding, you know, you're responsive to them, but you aren't going to say, just call them on the fly if that's not how they prefer, right? If they like some warning, like, hey, can I give you a call in 10 minutes rather than just picking up the phone? And I think that's really important. That's important to know about your direct reports and your boss or whoever, you know, your peers, your colleagues. And again, with the communication, that frequent and responsive, communication is huge. And the more you can do that and demonstrate that you are 
there, you know, you're completing tasks, but you're also responsive when needed and helping others, I think is super important. And that actually brings me to the next point, which is if you can volunteer for different projects or helping others out that are overwhelmed, I think that also sets you up for success. You know, I think the same was true when everyone was 100% in the office where, you know, you can be recognized for doing, you know, going kind of above and beyond, as we've always said. But I think being willing to reach out and say, hey, I, you know, I've noticed you're overwhelmed. Can I help out with that? Or telling your boss, if there is another place I can help with, you know, let me know. I realize that's not always possible if your own job is overwhelming, but as much as you can to sort of show that that empathy and that ability to still be a team player, even from a remote location, I think is super important. And then I would say that in order to get noticed, really, it, you know, it's not just important that your boss notices you. And I think you've noticed from my comments, I'm saying make sure you do this with your peers as well. But I think recognizing teammates' achievements publicly can only help you, right? So if you can do this, if you are a manager, obviously, it would be a good idea to recognize your reports. But just to recognize your peers is great, too. If it's in an email or in a virtual meeting, kind of telling, you know, I was so appreciative that Sam helped me out with Mm -hmm. this project last week, right? That builds that camaraderie, that trust, and it just gives you that more of a team environment feel that you're often missing. And I think along those lines, if you are the remote worker and you want to recognize people and there's not a system, your company hasn't created a system for this to happen, you know, like an award system, you can either go to your boss and say, hey, can our department start this thing called, you know, attaboys or whatever you want to call them, or just start doing it and see if it catches on because, you know, the people who are then appreciated and feel that makes them feel really good, then they're going to want to do it. when someone helps them out. So you can sort of do it organically or you can try to create a system. But I, I think... I think throughout this episode, we're getting little nuggets of ways that at the company level, companies could embrace and reward and recognize and just accommodate workers of various, you know, various types. I want to say with the volunteering, it's not just about volunteering in your department. If you want to move up within the organization, you need to be volunteering for the company-wide picnic or the, try to think of something else that the company might do. Oh, I know I I had a two-year stint where I was involved with United Way at the university I worked at last. And so the the system was the first year, you're sort of the follower. You're a co-leader, but you're more of a follower. And the second year, you're more of the leader. And that really exposed me. I exposed myself, Marcel, throughout the organization. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I was very exposed. But I think it, thinking about that, and if you don't know or your company hasn't created a system for volunteering company-wide as a remote worker, ask your boss about it. If you don't get a satisfactory answer from him or her, go to Human Resources and see what they can do to help you with this. And again, it may be a matter of somebody at higher levels not having thought of that 
and you are now bringing it to their attention so they can think about that and implement a system. That's such good advice. And I think that the theme, I think I'm, as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, don't wait is the best, yes. probably the best advice we could give, right? Because I see it all the time. People wait to get promoted or wait for someone to notice that they're doing something great, right? Don't wait. I mean, I learned this early in my career. You have to advocate for yourself. You can't wait for others to do it. Sometimes you get lucky and you have that rare manager who will go up the chain and advocate. But as you're saying, go to different departments. And I'm thinking too, to set yourself up for success, if you don't like what you're doing, but the company, you know, you're happy in the company or, you know, people in other departments, like you said, go and ask if you can shadow somebody in a different department or help on a project, say in IT, if you're in human resources and you're interested in that area, but don't wait. You have to go ask for that, especially in a remote setting. And especially we are talking to you women, especially because the men are much better at this, at advocating for themselves than than women are. So Women, put on your big girl panties and go do it. Yes, I could not agree more. <laughs> As I like to say, Marcel, it comes with the ovaries. <laughs> I have a lot of things that, in it. my opinion, in, in the professional setting, come with the ovaries. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk now if you're managing a hybrid team. So whether you're in the office or not, but you've got this dispersed work team. We've talked about the communication strategies, and I think those are, I think it, the over-communication piece is so important. I want to talk for a moment about how do you, how do you develop, and we, we've talked a little bit about rewarding, but retaining your team when they may be literally spread across the globe. The first thing is you have to know them, right? You have to know them very well in order to know what their motivations are and to help them form a plan that they can reach, right? Like I was just saying, you know, if say you do have an aspiration to eventually move into transformation, right? IT transformation and you're in HR, how can we help you get there? But you have to know someone and you have to have had conversations in order to know these things. Yes. Which means you should be having conversations. So maybe those coffee chats are a good structure, like you said, to implement because you need to be able to ask your people how they're doing, you know, recognize if something's happening, right? Ask about their children, if they have them or their pets, or did they go on vacation? Ask about vacation. I think it's so important that we don't lose those connections because otherwise, if you don't really understand, I think at the root of this is that people want to be understood, right? And if they're not understood, they're not going to perform as well for you as they could. So I think that's the first thing is know them, understand them in order to help them develop. And back to, you know, rewarding and recognition we need to make sure that you're giving, or you need to make sure, I should say, that you're giving feedback, right? And mm -hmm. that's good and bad. And, you know, the bad should be constructive, as constructive as possible, and done in a diplomatic way. But it's important to give. And it's important not to enable your people to just do 
you know, say like, this is wrong, redo it, right? To actually guide them. And I know it takes time, but try to develop them by actually giving feedback, asking questions that can help them improve the next time around, right? It's a report or something like that. I think it's so important that whole reward or which I think is motivation piece, right? Like what, what will motivate this person? What is motivating? What kind of recognition do they like? And not assuming that they want exactly what you want. And I I have, I have a couple of stories I have to share, which I probably shared on the podcast before. So I had one employee when I first got to the university, I said, okay, what, what motivates you? And she's like, what is a reward? She's like, ice cream, totally ice cream. And it was interesting because she was the secretary and we had 30 plus student workers who worked in our office plus the full-time staff. So when she got rewarded, it was her going out and buying, she was the secretary. She was in charge of the money. She went and bought the ice cream and the toppings and the, I don't know, the the paper bowls and spoons and laid it out and everything. She was happier than a clam to do that. That made her so happy. So the point being, if I would have assumed, you know, ice cream wouldn't have been, I love ice cream, but that wouldn't have been my first choice to be rewarded. But because I asked her, I knew. And so then the translation for the remote workforce is, let's say that you have an employee who says, I love ice cream. Okay. We can't have an ice cream party, maybe, if they're working in, I don't know, you know, New York City, and you're in California, but can you send them a coupon to some really great ice cream place, or is there some sort of mail-order delivery of ice cream? That seems dicey, but maybe there is. So, what can? how can you be creative to give them the reward that speaks to them? I also had a client or an employee once who I thought it was rewarding to send him home and give him some time off. And he called me on the carpet in his performance evaluations, like quit sending me home early. I feel like I'm not part of the team and I'm not wanted. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was disincentivizing to him. He was actually an hourly employee and we were all salaried. So when we were working hard, getting ready for a career fair, I sent him home at five o'clock because I couldn't, we couldn't pay overtime. And he's like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that to me. So I think that's really interesting. Another thing that just happened, the last couple coaching sessions I've had with this client, she has a direct report who is mostly work from home. They all have to be in the office. I think it's two days a week. And She's just like, I don't, I don't know how to reward this guy. Like he's flat when I talk to him. He doesn't get excited about anything. And so I asked her about his performance, fully expecting her to say that he was an underperformer. He's their IT guy. He is a rock star, which threw me for a loop. And I said, so client, you haven't been able to figure out what motivates him and how you can reward him. Have you asked him? (laughs) She's like, no, no. (laughs) And so I said, I want you to make a joke out of it. I want you to be like, I don't remember his name, but we'll just call him John. John, I have been scratching my head and racking my brains trying to figure out how to reward you because you're such a rock star. Please tell me what would be rewarding to you. And just like make a like a light thing out of it and see what happens. So I'm really curious to hear when she comes back next time how that has gone because she's just been at a loss with this one. (laughs) Those are such great examples. And I really like that idea of kind of making it a joke because people do feel uncomfortable asking that, right? And it can feel a little weird to say, okay, what motivates you, right? It's a little bit stiff. But yeah, yeah, but that's a great way to do it, you know, to start with a laugh and then allow someone to respond. 
Yeah, and, and and to say it in the in the context of you're a rock star, you're mm-hmm. fantastic, and I have been unable to figure out how to reward you, and I'm so frustrated by that. Help me out. Exactly. Help right? me help you. Help yeah. me. <laughs> okay, now we've got a Jerry Maguire thing going on here. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> help me help you. All right. So why don't you give our our listeners some top takeaways for either if they're the remote workers, let's have a couple for them. And then if you're managing remote workers or hybrid workers, what are your sort of bottom line top tips? I think the top three things are going to be how, who, and when, and I'll say what I mean by that. So by how, I mean, know how people want to communicate, right? Going back to do they want a phone call? Do they want an email or a text message? I can tell you that on our team, there are people that prefer different things. And some people don't want emails, but want a text, right? And so you adapt and you figure out how people want to be communicating with you. And then the second was who. So know who your people are, as we've been saying, right? Ask them what you know, you've been trying to, like you said, you, she'd been racking her brain trying to figure out how to reward this rock star. Know them, ask them those questions, ask about their life, ask what they did on the weekend, because that will also help you figure out their goals, you know, what they want for the future and help you retain them and develop them. And then that when piece is the last one. And that is, you should schedule when to have check-ins with them, right? And hold to it. I've seen too many bosses who have the performance appraisal scheduled or just some kind of a check-in or a review and it gets pushed off and pushed off because it's mm-hmm. not important. That's the most demotivating, I'm sure you'll agree, thing mm-hmm. that you could possibly do, right? You have to schedule these things. When is it going to be? And yes, if you have to move it, you know people will understand, but you really need to protect that time when you are talking to your employees or, you know, if you're the individual contributor, you also need to be careful to make sure not nothing else comes up. It's very important to make sure those check-ins happen yes. so that you can, right, continue to, if you want to stay in the, in, in the company you're at, it's very important. Yeah, I actually did an episode and I'm I'm sorry I don't have it at, at my fingertips to to let the audience know, but you can look it up on on my list, but it was, you know, how to have a successful one-on-one with your boss. Something the title was something along those lines. And it was this whole concept of how you as the employee can make your one-on-ones the most effective, get the most out of them, and also have it be motivating to your boss so your boss doesn't want to cancel them. And then what to do if the boss does have to cancel, how do you like sort of put them on the spot right away to get a reschedule so that it doesn't languish and you know a month later you still haven't had a one-on-one. So I encourage folks to listen to that because everything that was in there would be applicable regardless of the geography of you and your boss or your boss and your you as the boss and the direct report. So why don't you tell the listeners how they can find you, Marcel? Probably the easiest way to find me is on our website, which is careervalet.com. And that's all one word, Career Valet. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'm happy to connect with folks. If you just type in Marcel Yeager, I don't think there's many of us (laughs) out there. So yeah, that's probably the easiest way. 
And I think you have something for the audience. Tell us about that. Absolutely. So if you do go to the careerballet.com site and scroll down about halfway, you can find our free resume handbook. You just enter your email and that will be sent to you. And it has the top sort of essential items to make sure your resume either does or does not have to help position you. You know, I know a lot of people run into some older, outdated things. That, yes. Right? <laughs> that's all I have to say is oi yeah sometimes I open them and I think oh boy we've got a long way to go here so that will help you it's very simple tips and easily easy to do that shouldn't take you very long but to help you upgrade your resume very quickly Excellent. So if you if you need to do it yourself and you aren't ready to hire a top-notch resume writer, such as present company, then you've got that resource as well. I think that's fantastic. Well, Marcel, this has been really wonderful to think about, you know, how to do this new world order. And I think the bottom line that I'm taking away from it is communication, communication, communication. 100%. Yeah. I feel like I... It's because I started in communications. It seems pretty funny that it's all sort of come around to that. But I truly believe that that is what's missing in almost all negative spots at work nowadays. And I think, like you said earlier, over communication is the key. How about not just at work for communication? (laughs) Thank you. Every area of life. Yes, I agree with that as well. I have to communicate with my dogs if I want to have an effective relationship with them. So hello, how about the humans in your life? Humans, pets, everybody. We all (laughs) need to communicate better. That's, That's absolutely correct. Well, Marcel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And folks, I hope this has been helpful to you. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.